Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We're talking about education in Florida. Michael Cannon is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. He'll be joining us, as well as orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich and former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is September the 1st, and on this day in 1890, an act of Congress created Yosemite National Park, home of such natural wonders as Half Dome and the giant sequoia trees, also El Capitan. Uh, environmental trailblazer John Muir and his colleagues campaigned for the congressional action, which was signed into law by President Benjamin Harrison and paved the way for generals, generations of hikers, campers, and nature lovers, along with countless Don't Feed the Bear signs. Native Americans were the main residents of the Yosemite Valley, located in California Sierra Nevada mountain range. Until 1849, gold rush brought thousands of non-indigenous miners and settlers into the region. Tourists and damage of Yosemite Valley's ecosystem followed. In 1864, to ward off further commercial exploitation, conservationists convinced President Abraham Lincoln to declare Yosemite Valley and the Mariposa Grove of Giant Sequoias a public trust of California. This marked the first time the U.S. government protected land for public enjoyment, and it laid foundation for the establishment of a national and state park systems. Yellowstone became America's first national park in 1872. In 1889, John Muir discovered the vast meadows surrounding Yosemite Valley, which lacked government protection, were being overrun and destroyed by domestic sheep grazing. Muir and Robert Underwood Johnson, a fellow environmentalist and influential magazine editor, lobbied for national park status for the large wilderness area around Yosemite Valley. On October 1st of the following year, Congress set aside over 1,500 square miles of land, about the size of Rhode Island, for what would become Yosemite National Park, America's third park. In 1906, the state-controlled Yosemite Valley and Mariposa Grove came under federal jurisdiction with the rest of the park. Yosemite's national, natural beauty is immortalized by the black-and-white landscape photographs of Ansel Adams, who at one point lived in the park and spent years photographing it. Today, over 3 million people get back to nature annually at Yosemite and check out such stunning landmarks as the 2,425-foot Yosemite Falls, one of the world's tallest waterfalls, rock formations Half Dome and El Capitan, and the large granite monolith in the U.S., and the three groves of giant sequoias, the world's biggest trees. Uh, Linda and I have spent some time there in Yosemite Park. If you haven't been there, it's definitely got to be on your bucket list. It's a wonderful place to visit. An extraordinary natural wonder for sure. Well, the Miami Herald detailed how a United Nations committee claimed Florida's anti-riot law infringes on the right to protest and asked Governor Ron DeSantis' office for their response. Well, he gave one. <laughs> the law HB1 was passed in reaction to Black Lives Matter and left-wing riots in the summer of 2020. The uh, uh, committee in concerned about the report of increasing legislative measures and initiatives at the state level that unduly restrict the right to peaceful assembly. 
following anti-racism protests in recent years, such as ASB 1, uh, Combating Public Disorder Law in Florida, the United Nations Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination said the report recommends that the United States take all necessary measures to ensure the exercise of the right to peaceful assembly without discrimination. The law cracking down on violent and destructive rioting enhances penalties for assault and furtherance of a riot, cracks down on participating in violent riots or violent public disturbances that result in specific damage or injury, and open a legal avenue for specified elected officials to appeal decisions if the municipality reduces the operating budget of the local law enforcement. In response to the United Nations comments on how Florida creates and enforces its law, Press Secretary of Governor Brian Griffin fired back, asserting that Florida's independence from the international body, the people of Florida, who are the only ones who have any bearing on the governance of the state, the uh, Miami Herald reported out of Griffin's response, DeSantis said no way to support uh, Biden administration who treaty. Uh, they, though, uh, elected officials in the passage of legislation this previous session has decided that employees of work setting and children in, in school setting should not be subjected to racial discriminatory uh, concepts. It should be easy to vote and hard to cheat in Florida's elections and that law and order must be maintained. The governor supports these efforts and the will of the people in Florida. The United Nations has no legal authority over Florida state government, which is so true. These guys got a state of their netting. They've gotten <laughs> it's peaceful assembly is not rioting, and uh, that's what the law is against: is rioting and uh, uh, hurting people and property. Well, if you haven't heard, Charlie Crist, our, our representative and uh, Democrat from Florida, announced his effective. Uh, announced uh, that effective at the end of uh, yesterday, he resigned from the U.S. House of Reparation, uh, Representatives in preparation for his gubernatorial bid against Governor DeSantis. As of August the 28th, DeSantis was leading Chris 49.1% to 42.7%. I'm sure it's even greater than that. Chris' decision to retire early further shrinks Democrats' slim hold on the lower chamber narrowing the party's control of the House from four seats to three, which is significant. It's going to inhibit uh, passing further uh, harmful legislation that they've done so far this year. <clears throat> Charlie Crist, preparing to lose to Ron DeSantis, <laughs> resigning and making it a full-time job to uh, come out and say that uh, Biden is the, the best, United, best uh, president of his time, Charlie Crist. Remember, he's uh, he used to be a Republican. No more. Well, a new lawsuit launched in the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts is one of the first in the United States that argues that fraud was perpetrated on the American people during the COVID pandemic. Now, this is big. I think this is really, I think it's just the first of many lawsuits. The lawsuit is brought by John Paul Broden against Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, the pu public health examiner, the chief medical examiner, and additional medical examiners. It brings forth evidence that over 50 cases of deaths in the state coded as COVID-19 deaths were, in many cases, strongly linked to COVID-19 vaccinations. This complaint is a request for injunctive relief where the source of fraudulent misrepresentation purposely conducted continues to harm both plaintiff and the public, the plaintiff argued. As a matter of equity, third-party liability should be considered in fairness and equity, and the harm must cease forthwith, and the court has the discretion to do so pre-pending uh, post-investigation of the fraud claims herein. 
relying on false information obtained through the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the U.S. Uh, drug and, uh, Food and Drug Administration, sourced in part from Massachusetts Department of Public Health, Massachusetts School of Law, uh, and uh, instituted by COVID-19 max vaccination mandate for all students and staff, the lawsuit continues. Plaintiff, a rising uh, second-year law student, refused the vaccination because he had fourth, uh, four pre-existing health issues consi consistent uh, with thousands of COVID-19 vaccine injuries. Moreover, the plaintiff uh, sincerely held religious beliefs prompted him to apply for religious exemption from, uh, the, from the law. Never, uh, MS Law never apprised the plaintiff of the status of his application for religious exemption. F rather, the only status that the uh, school actually acted on was the plaintiff's student status, which the school unilaterally, capriciously, and arbitrarily claimed changed to unenrolled. It is at this point that the sidebar must be allowed in order to point out once again that COVID vaccines do not prevent transmission of the virus. Therefore, vaccination is solely and indisputably a matter of personal health risk. And furthermore, it is a matter that should be solely but between the patient's discretion and the consultation of his or her doctor. I certainly agree with that. Although plaintiff is pursuing a remedy at law against the uh, law school for pecuniary ad uh, damages, there is no remedy at law that can undo the injurious act against plaintiff, especially in consideration of its reliance on the CDC and the FDA misinformation, nor is there a remedy at law, uh, sans the relief sought by this complaint, that will prevent another law school from exacting the same or similar vaccination requirements on plaintiff. The lawsuit adds, most of all, law schools require COVID-19 vaccination and do not and do so based on fraudulent misinformation against the CDC and FDA and sourced in part from uh, the Department of Health. Plaintiff is injured in being deprived of a legal education offered to those who assume the risk of COVID-19 vaccination. So this is, a, this is a big deal, this lawsuit. The coercion, again, is based on fraudulent misinformation, specifically the numerous deaths caused by fentanyl overdose, heart attacks, cancer, and many other causes are labeled a COVID-19 death when, in fact, COVID-19 has no causal relationship to these deaths. The lawsuit goes on. All these fraudulent misrepresentations aggregate to support a false narrative that the injured plaintiff and continues to injure society by depriving generations of people of accurate information to make informed consent and convincing institutions to coerce people uh, uh, under color of law to take an experimental biological product not fully tested in humans and one that can possibly kill them and has killed many. Well, just a great lawsuit, quite frankly. I'm rooting for this guy, and uh, I'm sure if uh, he prevails in this case, there's going to be a lot of other lawsuits as well. Uh, the uh, Nuremberg uh, requ requirements, I think it's called the Nuremberg Code, says that uh, people should make have informed consent about the drugs that they're taking. They shouldn't be forced on by the state or by uh, any kind of medical authorities. So uh, there's going to be a lot of lawsuits going to follow on this. Uh, <clears throat> fortunately, we haven't taken the vaccines, and uh, I, you know we've been very healthy all this time. I'm not s suggesting that we're not vulnerable. Everybody is, of course, but we know that uh, the, the uh, cause of death in many cases is from the vaccine itself and not necessarily from the virus. 
uh, people should beware and uh, may have informed consent before putting these drugs in their bodies. Also, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has released American life expectancy figures for 2021, and they have dropped yet again. And we're not talking about a couple of tenths of a decimal point here. For almost two years in 2020, American life expectancy fell by just shy of another full year to 76 years in one month in 2021. What, they're blaming, what are they blaming this on? COVID, of course, but a host of other factors are involved as well. So... This is the lowest life expectancy in the United States since 1996. If you manage to inoculate more than three-quarters of the country with your fancy new vaccines and life expectancy still dropped even further because of the disease you are, quote-unquote, preventing, it has some questions. We have some questions about that. And I'm sure that some nihilists out there who see a declining average lifespan as a positive thing, but this is quite worrisome. When you combine shorter life, uh, average lifespan with our continuing plummeting birth rate, you have a formula for a society that will not be able to sustain itself over the long run. So uh, a life expectancy dropping pretty precipitously, and uh, that's, a, that's a concern. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. 
or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now, we have with us Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, well, we're a... Uh, 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 coalition of people across Florida, now uh, almost 200,000 that focus on K through 12 education. Um, we're trying to stop the indoctrination. We are strong advocates for uh, for parental school choice. Uh, would love to see an education savings account uh, come out of the next legislative cycle. So those are the kinds of issues we get involved with. Uh, goflca.com is the website goflca.com and keith you and pastor rick and others doing just a great job to improve the quality of public education here in florida so i hope our listeners will check out uh, your website so uh, i haven't talked to you uh, since the election uh, and uh, of course school boards here in Cuyahoga county and across florida are really important elections so uh, what are your thoughts well i'm going to uh exhibit a little bit of frustration and maybe rant a little bit if you let me um you know we're a 501c3 and so we can't tell people who to vote for of course but we can try to help people uh understand uh the issues and vote informed Mm -hmm. uh it's hard for me to really understand with all of the focus across the nation on how schools are failing our kids that we had only a 29 percent turnout i I think that's abysmal um, and so what is it going to take to get people, you know, off their couches and, uh, engaged? Yeah. And so that's a frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at the, uh, when you look at the data, I mean, our schools are failing. Our, our government schools are failing our kids here in Collier County. Uh, 49% of your property tax goes to those schools. Uh, we have 40% of our high school kids who can't read and do math at grade level. We have almost 75% of our third graders who can't even read proficiently at a grade level, at a level four or five. Wow. Um, we, we, ha- we have a school board that has voted five to zero on every issue, including um, allowing the superintendent to engage in CRT training for all of our administrators and teachers, uh, principals. Um, we have the indoctrination on the pornography and the LGBTQ that's rampant in our schools. Uh, so if, if, if you step back and look at the facts, what's it going to take to get people to get to, to engage? Now, when you move forward and start thinking about, um, you know, uh, the outcome of the 23rd, uh, August 23rd primary is uh, the incumbents came in second in, in every one of the three districts. Um, there is uh, 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 going to be a huge challenge uh, going into the November 8th. The dynamics are very much different now that you have uh, Governor DeSantis and Charlie Kist in the race. It's going to polarize people 
uh, around those two uh, different views. Um, when and this is now my personal opinion, but the the the, the Democrats are going to coalesce around um, the incumbents because they don't like school choice. They don't. They like the indoctrination that's taking place, uh, mm-hmm. the CRT, and and uh, all of the other stuff. So they're likely to coalesce around um, Charlie Chris and and the incumbents in the school board. Uh, you have the, the Republicans, and this is a frustration. The Republicans in Collier County are so divided uh, that it's shocking. Um, you, you have some sour grapes on some of the candidates, challengers that lost. Uh, they need to get over that, in my opinion. Uh, you have um, you have the Chamber of Commerce that appears to be weighing in on um, the side of the incumbents because, and I'm going to be really cynical here, but they want their share of the 1.4 billion dollar budget. Yeah. Uh, and so, and then you've got the NPAs who uh, had a really really poor turnout. No party affiliates in the in the primary, and so what's it going to take to get people uh, to really understand what what's going on in our schools, and 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 then reflect that at the ballot box. Yeah. Again, I can't tell people and don't intend to tell people who to vote for, but for God's sakes, do your homework. All right. Well, <laughs> right? this this is this is the problem, of course, is that uh, many of our residents here in Cuyahoga County don't have kids in school. And uh, the the real problem is just total indifference, the inertia right now that we have. And while we had a 29% turnout, I'm guessing that's probably about average for midterm or or for primary elections that are held about this time of year. So, uh, you know, my hope is... Doesn't make it right, Bob. No, I understand. But what I'm trying to do is to support you and the the Florida Citizen Alliance continue to do your great work because just be, it's, you know, it's hard. But uh, you know what? You are having an impact. And, uh, you you know, one of the positive things that happened is the incumbents didn't win in the primaries. And and, uh, to me, that's extremely uh, positive. I'm not saying anything bad about the incumbents, but our rating system gives bad information. We're seeing these schools being rated B plus, A, so forth. They're not. I mean, the kids are failing, as you pointed out initially in the conversation. So uh, we need to get uh, people who are concerned about getting kids on the right track and make sure they're educated so they can cope and uh, succeed in society uh, when they become adults. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I just uh, exhibiting a little bit of frustration about what's it going to take to get that to, to, to in, the, in the November 8th election. Yeah. The dynamics are definitely going to be different than they were in the primary. Yeah, but you, uh, your, your frustration is well-grounded. I'm just, uh, I'm hopeful that as, as time goes on, we ha- certainly have these uh, moms that are concerned about their kids, and we're seeing a lot of changes across the nation. So uh, hopefully uh, Collier County will get swept up on those concerns as well. I was disappointed that uh, our uh, governor didn't support candidates here in Collier County as he did up and down the state of Florida. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how this all turns out. But I really appreciate well, the work that you're doing. Well, yeah, the, thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to exhibit a little frustration. Absolutely. So. Yeah, well-deserved, <laughs> Keith. So, hey, uh, before I let you go, I know that uh, got some uh, really interesting news, some great news about uh, your event that's coming up uh, early next year. Yeah, actually, we have two events coming up. We have an event on October 12th with uh, General Flynn, 
Uh, people can buy tickets off of our website for that. Um, it, uh, I was just with uh, Joe Flynn yesterday uh, with the American Project, and we invite people to, to attend that. And then on, uh, uh, on uh, March 7th of next year, and it takes a year to plan these things, um, we just announced that uh, we have a contract with uh, for our speaker with uh, Newt Gingrich, and we're really, really excited about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, he's uh, he, uh, if you've ever spent any time with him, he's he's a brilliant guy. Yeah. Uh, so articulate, uh, articulate, articulate. Yeah. I struggle over that word. Yeah. Articulate. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, congratulations to you. I think that's a, yeah. just a tremendous. And, and by the way, I'm just on the show on Friday tomorrow from America. What is you, what was the name of the organization? Uh, Brian Gamble. I don't know if you've met him, but he's, oh, yeah, I know Brian, the, the America project, the yeah. America project. He's coming on the show tomorrow. Talk a little bit up about, about the America project. They're doing some really interesting work. Yeah. I just spent an hour. Yes. A little over an hour yesterday with Joe Flynn, Michael Flynn's brother, who's the president of the America project. And, uh, they, they actually gave us, uh, about three weeks ago, a $25,000 challenge grant or a grant. Uh, so, how nice is that? Well, Keith Law, again, yeah. co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, doing terrific work here and having tremendous influence, positive influence in the state of Florida. I hope you'll visit the website, goflca.com, goflca.com. And when you do, make a contribution, support <laughs> the things that uh, Keith and Pastor Rick are doing. Keith, I really appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Take care. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, Michael Cannon. He is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, You'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. Great education program for kids. You can find out more by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. GolfshorePlayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon. Right now, we have with us Michael Cannon. He's the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. So the Cato Institute is a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. We want to expand human liberty in all areas of human endeavor. Uh, we want you to be able to live your life uh, however you want, as long as you respect the equal rights of others. And we advocate for those ideas in Washington, D.C., around the country and around the world. You wouldn't think that those ideas would be controversial, but uh, in capital cities like the one where I live, uh, it's extremely controversial because there's a lot of people who w would rather make your decisions for you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, let, just let the king decide. <laughs> so it's absolutely right, Michael. Well, thanks for the work that you do and the great work at Cato. It's Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. So, Michael, uh, Fauci's made his announcement that he's planning on retiring at the end of the year. He's been... Uh, <laughs> He uh, decided to retire early, early based on his initial uh, commitment to retire in 2024. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, uh, it, not a moment too soon, I would say. Uh, I think that it's, it, it would be best maybe if the entire public health apparatus in, uh, in the federal government, in Washington, D.C., in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, retired and made room for uh, public health practitioners to understand the importance of earning and keeping the public's trust, because that is an essential part of any effective uh, public health uh, activity by the federal government. Uh, Mr. Uh, Fauci squandered that trust, and uh, as did uh, the CDC and, and other federal public health officials, uh, by being inconsistent by at first dismissing the idea of locking down and then advocating lockdowns and then uh, dismissing the idea that people might need masks and so saying everyone should have masks and then uh, advocating uh, lockdowns but not pushing as hard for the things that would alleviate the lockdowns like uh, broader testing and so forth uh, as uh, and, or uh, once people were vaccinated not um, saying okay well, if you're vaccinated then there's less need for these sorts of lockdowns. And uh, a really interesting uh, uh, point about uh, or observation about uh, how uh, Dr. Fauci himself abused the public trust is uh, appeared in the New York Times by a writer from uh, the New Atlantis. He made the observation that every time uh, Dr. Fauci flipped off, on something or, or changed his tune on something. He would say, well, I'm just following the science. Yep. Which, which has a pattern of, of validity to it because science is always changing. We're supposed to be updating our priors, uh, updating our beliefs based on new evidence. But what Dr. Fauci never said was, I was wrong. Well, you know, said, I, I'll, let me say this, Michael. The, the, have you ever since he has been involved in our lives as a public health official, have you ever heard him quote a paper or some sort of scientific principle uh, based to, to make his comments? 
Um, I, uh, you know, have that hung on every word of his, uh, but others have certainly made that criticism that he's not familiar with the uh, academic literature and doesn't discuss it the way that uh, you would expect someone in his position to do it. Uh, but the, uh, the, the problem with, uh, uh, with continuously changing your story and saying, I'm just following the science and never saying I was wrong before, is that all of a sudden science becomes the thing that allows you to control other people that could, uh, uh, is a justification for constraining the public, but doesn't really constrain the government officials. That's right. If they are never held to account for when they're wrong, then that abuses the public trust. It makes the public not trust these folks, and it limits whatever good government public health officials might be able to do in preventing humans from infecting each other with potentially deadly diseases. That's right. Michael, and, you know, I, and, I will say this. We have a Dr. Joseph Lopato, who is our uh, Surgeon General here in the uh, state of Florida, and I must say that if before I would listen to the CDC, the FDA, or Fauci, uh, whatever he would suggest, that would be who that would be the public official that I would uh, put trust in because I, I certainly don't trust those folks. I'm one of those that doesn't trust uh, the public officials in Washington and and Atlanta. And that's a shame because there's at least the potential for these officials to do a lot of good in terms of uh, mitigating the harm of really deadly pathogens like. COVID, uh, SARS-CoV-2, the, the virus that causes COVID-19. And, uh, and, but they can't do it if people don't trust them. They can't do it if people don't believe them. And um, it, that, that might be very difficult in a very uh, politicized uh, environment like the one in which we live. Yeah, you know, uh, Michael, I just it, generally appreciate your comments here about uh, Fauci and public health. I think that you're definitely on the right track with with the comments that you're making. At least we're in agreement. I just, uh, I, again, I want our listeners to visit the website cato.org, C-A-T-O.org. Michael, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, Bob. Take care. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. He is an orthopedic surgeon. He actually just... Uh, replaced my hip on uh, in June. I'm so grateful for his care. We'll be doing that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University.
you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. A little, little update on the commercial. Actually, Dr. Markovich also replaced my hip. It was in really bad shape. Uh, in June, I'm just doing much better right now. I'm just so grateful for uh, everything that he's done for me. Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure, Bob. Good morning. Good morning, Doctor. So a little update just to let you know that I'm uh, doing physical therapy and just getting in golf today and hopefully get it 18 holes. So uh, thank you for everything. My pleasure. Most of my patients would rather die than not play golf and tennis. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to you know, do what we do. Absolutely. Well, again, I'll just mention our listeners. I, I had to have my rip for this, a full hip replacement, show up at six fifteen in the morning for the operation, seven 30. I'm on the operating table and I'm getting in the car to go home at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's just amazing. The, uh, <laughs> how, how medicine has advanced in, in the last few years and what you're able to do. Yeah. We got to like get a tea time later in the day so you can go uh, play directly, but we're not quite there yet. <laughs> not there yet. So on my previous guest, we talked a little bit about uh, Fauci's deciding to retire early, quote unquote. Uh, he's uh, moved it from 2024 to uh, the end of the year this year. I want to get your thoughts on public health, the officials and Dr. Fauci, what your thoughts might be. Tremendous disappointment. Uh, here's a guy that uh, had a fiefdom, clawed his way to the top many, many years ago after doing a rheumatology fellowship, uh, <clears throat> had an opportunity to educate people and to help guide the country in a positive way and chose a different path. Uh, you know, people yelling and screaming about wearing your mask and then a few months later with essentially nothing changing, uh, you know, going about their business like nothing happened. Um, he should have stuck to the things that he said in the past, which was uh, take care of your health. Uh, if you're elderly, <clears throat> be mindful. If you're obese, uh, try to get uh, your weight under control, get your diabetes under control. Uh, you know, communicate with your doctors and reputable health sources and become healthier as a society so you can withstand uh, a uh, communicable disease that's uh, mild but potentially dangerous. And instead, we had fear. Uh, we had uh, I'm the science. I've been to a lot of scientific meetings. You know, nobody is the science. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we debate things. We, we learn things. I mean, it, it reminded me of Zemmelweiss telling everybody to 
wash their hands back in the day uh, after, you know, surgeons would go to the anatomy lab and then go operate on people, you know, like the Middle Ages. Um, so a tremendous opportunity lost. He was the highest paid uh, federal employee. Uh, he should be accountable. Uh, it was a travesty. Yeah, I appreciate your, those comments so much. I mean, it's, and here they've approved another uh, uh, another vaccine without human trials. You know, the life expectancy in the United States just came out, uh, has actually reduced yet another year. It's now 76 years of age, if you can believe that. And apparently we've lost about two or three years of life expectancy since 2020. Uh, it sounds to me like uh, public health officials have been pretty ineffective. Well, they've always been ineffective to some extent. They're not clinicians. Uh, they look at things backwards uh, by looking at data, and yet we put them in a position to try to look forwards uh, during a once-in-a-century event. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, <clears throat> uh, if you want to believe the data, which I think is likely credible, uh, there's mental health issues. There's the fact that patients have not gone to get checked out. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the ramifications of what happened will be felt for many, many, many years, both throughout the educational system as well as the healthcare system. So what do we do? Well, we learn from things. We try to make things better. Uh, we move forward. Uh, we entrust in people who are doers that read, that know the data and know how to be analytical of it. Um, and hopefully the right things happen. <clears throat> I'm not so sure that happens anymore because of all these extraneous, uh, you know, uh, technology, misinformation, uh, stifling uh, viewpoints that uh, go against powerful people and so forth. So, you know, I think that um, having been involved with infectious disease my entire life, mm. um, I think that uh, we will uh, move forward from this. We'll learn from it. Uh, the lockdowns obviously didn't work. Masks, plus minus. And yet people still want to wear them and tell people what to do. Yeah, I know. And, and uh, we had this new development of a thing called adult uh, uh, adult. Uh, Early death, I've forgotten exactly what the title is, but uh, uh, adult death uh, syndrome, sudden death syndrome, that's what it's called, adult uh, sudden death syndrome, uh, people are dying, and of course there's no proof right now of what I'm about to say, but it, it may be called uh, caused by the vaccine. So many deaths uh, are coincidentally right after people get a, uh, a shot, get a booster, get a, the, uh, the vaccine. And uh, all kinds of indications about heart disease that are created. Uh, what are your thoughts? So mRNA vaccines haven't been around that long, and I uh, can't, I'm not an expert in that. I will tell you that the influenza vaccine, uh, sometimes it works well and sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of information that will be uh, expanded upon in the future, um, but again, <clears throat> I think that the danger is that uh, viewpoints have taken almost a political tone rather than a scientific tone. So it's hard to know what to believe. Believe in your immune system. <laughs> it's been yeah. around for thousands and thousands of years. If you don't smoke, if you take care of yourself, if you exercise, if you have a good positive outlook on life, if you go out 
and uh, get away from your screens and connect with people, just like they do in many of the blue zones in the country where people live productive, long lives, uh, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, If you fall into this trap of fear and uh, being told what to do when it doesn't quite pass the sniff test and you do it anyway, uh, you're going to have some mental health issues and you're going to have the mind-body connection go awry. So, you know, there's lessons here. Uh, We live in a wonderful state. We live in a wonderful place. Uh, Let's be optimistic and enjoy life. Absolutely, Doctor. Before I let you go, of course, uh, we've got listeners right now who are experiencing joint pain. uh, And your mantra has always been, hey, you know, don't live in pain. And uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, have met you and you replaced both of my knees in 2006, for which I'm so grateful. I was able uh, for years to be able to have a lot of mobility. It ended up developing a back and hip problem, had my back operated on. And then you replaced my hip uh, this year. And uh, just, again, going to go out and play 18 holes of golf today. I'm so grateful. So if you're experiencing joint pain, call Dr. George Markovich, 482-5399, 482-5399. Doctor, really appreciate everything that you've done. Pleasure. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Before we do, I want to mention that the FBI employees have lost confidence in Christopher Wray and called for him to resign. Federal Bureau of Investigation personnel have lost confidence in Trump-nominated Christopher Wray and are calling for his resignation. That, according to a former agent, Curse, I'm going to say this incorrectly, Suzdak, Suzdak, an FBI agent who now works as a lawyer representing whistleblowers at the Bureau claims that current agents are saying that Ray has lost control of the agency and they do not see how he can continue in his position. He also left the FBI after nearly 25 years working as an agent last March. These as political were not being held. Uh, according to the Daily Mail, FBI agents claimed in disclosures to Congress that Ray who was uh, made aware of problems within the Bureau but never attempted to solve them. Some of the reported problems that Ray allegedly ignored were agents being forced or coerced into signing false affidavits, claims of sexual harassment and stalking, and fabrication of terrorism cases to elevate performance statistics. Recently, my office heard from individuals with knowledge of the FBI's apparent corruption, said Ron Johnson. Now, he's the great senator from Wisconsin who's really working to hold public officials accountable. After the FBI obtained Hunter Biden's laptop from the Wilmington, Delaware computer shop, these whistleblowers stated that local FBI leadership told employees, you will not look at the Hunter Biden laptop and that the FBI is not going to change the outcome of the election again. Johnson wrote to Horowitz, I hope you understand that the longer your office stands on the sidelines and delays investigating the FBI actions, the harder it will be for you to uncover the truth and hold individuals accountable for wrongdoing, he continued. Well, that is certainly the case. And we talked a little bit about the FDA, Fauci, uh, the uh, uh, CDC. Well, how about the FBI and the DOJ as well? They certainly have egg on their face based on recent uh, events, including the raid of Mar-a-Lago. You'd like to be able to trust these people. You think that uh, the scales of justice would be blind, but that's not the case. We're seeing people who are interfering by by their lack of follow through on the laptop. They didn't interfere with the election. I hope that's apparent to everybody. 
All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. More of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive confident, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, well, thank you. First question for you. Uh, wait a minute. It's your show, but yeah. how's the golf game? You know what? It's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you're playing. Well, today I'm going to give it another shot, but, uh, you know, it's it's not like riding a bike. If you take some time off, <laughs> you've got to relearn the game. It's well, pre- pretty incredible. You're, you're right, but you know what? Starting from beginning, and who knows, maybe you'll end up a lot better than, than you were than you ever were. Well, you know, I, I saw uh, something in one of the uh, texts or one of the uh, on uh, social media. He said, you know, right. when I was young, I, w- I was a young golfer that wasn't very good. Now I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand. I understand that that philosophy. Yeah. So, uh, um, uh, what's uh, w- what's going on with you? Well, good things. I mean, uh, I'm, first of all, I'm talking to you and uh, every Tuesday. We've been doing this now for, I'm guessing, 15 years. So it's we really appreciate. Always look forward to Thursday morning. Any good scoop? Yep. Any good scoop in the city? Well, you know. Since our last conversation last week, um, it's been relatively quiet because council hasn't met and they don't meet until the 6th of September. 
and that bit about with the attorneys, uh, are they still there? Are they, um, have they left? Uh, do we have an attorney? Um, because the mayor never called a special meeting and she had the opportunity to do that at their last council meeting. Three times she was asked, call a special meeting so we can get this attorney straightened out. One, you know, and the long and short of it is they, they said they were resigning. They spoke to a couple of the people. They said, this is it. We're giving you notice. Then the same day they said, well, no, we're not. They asked for $175,000 more money. Um, and uh, there's some council people that are extremely upset. So I'll be I'll be really curious. Next Thursday should be interesting. I'll be curious to see what they do and what she says and how she gets out of it like she usually does. Um, yeah. Um, about, you know, w what to do or what she's doing, because she wants them to stay in the worst way. Um, you know, they're uh, uh, she's the one that basically kind of hired them and found them somewhere and whatever. So, you know, kind of handpicked. So um, uh, it'll it'll be, it'll really be interesting, Bob. Really. So so if I understand, I mean, first of all, I uh, just want to get your confirmation. Uh, the city attorney is a big deal. You need a city attorney because everything that goes on, you want to make sure it's legal. It gets very complicated if you find out that. You know, you're out on the on uh, the end of the branch, right. sawn on the wrong end there. So, well, it is it is it is very important, and you have to be able to get along with them, and that's you know um, seems to be an issue. Uh, uh, so so we'll see what ha we'll see what happens. So uh, meanwhile, I saw that uh, maybe some airline travelers. I don't know if you saw it or not. Will start to get a break from the airlines um, because Pete uh, Buttigieg. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced it right there, our transportation director. Yeah, he kind of gave the air airlines a uh, heads up and said, you're going to have to do some of these things for travelers that are delayed, that uh, miss their that, that the flights get canceled and everything else. And he came up with a uh, pretty strong plan, and it goes into effect, I believe, today. Uh, worth checking into, and if you're flying or traveling or heading out, uh, uh, you can go, I think you can go online. There is a site. Um, I, I don't I don't have it, but um, yeah. where you can see what you're entitled to if uh, if any of those things happen. Well, that's right. I think it, now that you mention it, uh, the, you know, I don't know that he's done anything to solve the problem of uh, delayed travel because the, the the problem is systemic. I mean, they've got problems with pilots, uh, with right. staff that, that they can't man the flights. If you don't have the uh, appropriate staff, you can't right. you can't take off. It's just a matter of law. I didn't. Right. I, what he's done is he's imposing or, or he's requesting uh, fines and and uh, for the airlines to compensate travelers. But that right. doesn't solve the problem, does it? It makes the airlines pay out more money. But if they can't fly, they can't fly. No, but at least if I'm traveling uh, and and I'm standing there burning up in an airport because my flight just got canceled for whatever the reason, at least I know I'm going to get reimbursed something. That's, that's some consolation. That, that's a good... I don't get to my destination, but at least I'm going to get a hotel room and a meal. That's a good point, Bill. Well, you know, uh, I don't know about you. We're we're kind of homebodies anymore because travel is not the way it used to be. It's uh... No, it isn't. It, 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 it really is not. Um, and yet I just saw yesterday uh, in the uh, paper that Fort Myers had their busiest, uh, um, I think, month, last month in July uh, that they've had in, in years and years and years. So people are flying. You're right. I mean, and I know it's true. And of course, they're adding some more flights. Uh, what I think is a, uh, really helpful is, of course, if they start serving more cities, 
you know, that makes more convenience, more opportunities for people, first of all, to come to the Paradise Coast for the first time because right. they didn't want to take these connecting flights. Uh, that's one thing. But second of all, it just, uh, it's, uh, just creates a much more convenience. So uh, it, is, it can be much more convenient. Do you know anything about this new airline that's coming to uh, Fort Myers? Yeah, I read I read about it the other day. What is it? I want to think of the beer Modelo, but it's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I saw I, I looked at it uh, yesterday. They're offering three three new cities. Uh, I think they're western cities. Um, and then you know we have Breeze. Breeze is new, and that that's a that is a JetBlue. Um, they're connected with JetBlue in some way, but they look like a really nice airline. So you're right; they're doing they're adding cities, and that's that's a that's a nice thing. Plus, I think if I'm not mistaken, the uh, they've done a nice job of planning the uh, airport, uh, Southwest oh, yeah. Florida, because I think they have even more capacity to take on. They have more opportunity to bring on more airlines. So they thought ahead. I think that that uh, we're going to see more and more opportunities going forward. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, and you got any big plans for uh, Labor Day weekend? Well, I've got some friends coming in from Washington D.C., and we're gonna nice. uh, we're gonna play a little golf and go out for dinner. Other than that, I mean, uh, just uh, spend some time with my lovely bride and uh, enjoy the weekend. How about you? Yeah, we're well. You know, we're we're still up here in this cool. Well, it cooled down, and it's uh, like sixty six this morning, uh, and beautiful. Um, we're just gonna hang out with family, uh, one barbecue, and uh, uh, the rest of the time we just, you know, it's just enjoyable. Um, so I can guess at the restaurant you're going to. Let me take one guess. All right, uh, Blue Provence. Well, you know, we were at Blue Provence last night. And, oh, and enjoyed okay. it so much. I just, if, if our listeners, if you haven't been to Blue Provence, they've got an early dining menu. If you dine, I think it's before 5.30. Uh, they've got a really special menu. But also, the food is just fantastic. And uh, uh, it's, It is. There's, there's no two ways about it. I remember a couple of years ago, many years ago, that they had this special one, like you're talking about real quick, from out of the air. Um, and they had it with the mussels and... Uh, and French fries, okay, and you could have all you could eat for X dollars. Well, that lasted about two weeks. Yeah, but they still they still have the mussels. So I forgot. Yeah, but it wasn't that price. It was great, though. <laughs> yeah, they tried it, and they said, hmm, this is a little too popular for us. But, yeah, their food is great, and, and I love Jacques and his son and the whole staff. They're just good people. Absolutely. Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Bob, have a, have a great weekend, and uh, you too. Take you care. as well. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you did learned a lot. Uh, if uh, you have any comments, send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. That's uh, we kind of we grow the show organically. It helps our advertisers, and we couldn't do the show without them. So, uh, again, uh, tell your friends. Great guest tomorrow, Marina Berkovich, a former resident of Kiev, and uh, she's uh, lived under communist, uh, the uh, Soviet Union, and uh, look forward to, to her comments on what's going on. Also, William Yateman, research fellow at the Cato Institute, will be joining us. Larry Bell and Dodd, professor at the University of Houston, and a Bill a Brian Gamble, you heard me speak of him before about the America Project. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.